Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, we talk about how different personality traits can determine what kind of design business you should start. You never think about that, right, Nadia? Yeah. I, when I when I mentioned this topic, she looked shocked and amazed. But it makes sense when you actually think about it. Yeah. Now that you've worked with other designers, yes. right, you see different personality traits and you could see how strengths and weaknesses. Oh, yeah. You either need help, you need systems, or you need, you know. But but I want to kind of talk about the different um, traits that I know that I've been aware of. And um, just a side note, the reason I thought of this is uh, we've been redesigning, re-recording, rewriting um, the coaching course that I have. And, you know, all of those things that I put in that course are my 30 years in design and what I've learned. Um, and I was just talking to Nadia about this this week when she said, gee, I wish I had drawn a picture of the window treatment we were going to because it would have been easier. And I said, the form in the course you've taken is a place for you to draw a picture because I agree. Sometimes you need, um, you know, things you hadn't thought of before. And because I've been doing this so long and now I've worked with so many designers, we're literally around the world. And I've seen which ones become successful and which ones struggle. And a lot of it does come down to their personality type. And so this was kind of fresh in my mind because I was working on it this morning uh, in our workbook. But, you know, every time I I talk about these things and I, and I list out the strengths and weaknesses, I have a designer in my mind. <laughs> Nadia will now be one of those people as I'm Forever. rewriting. Oh, for sure. You have, There's a whole new, it's almost like an archetype of, of person you always talk about me to everyone. I know because she is. She's very. It's very specific. Unicorn. Um, unicorn. Just kidding. I was going to say millennial, <laughs> but no, that's, that's me being an old person. Um, but but it really does. I I don't want anyone to think that they can't be a designer or have a successful business if they are lacking something, because there's always a way to solve it. And I've kind of seen through coaching how I can help bring out someone's strength. Ooh, are you going to dissect me? Oh, maybe. No, yeah, as heard, an example. They've heard enough about you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but let's start with some of the basics. Um, strengths, which we're, you know, when I talk about strengths, of course, there's going to be a, a weakness that correlates to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but an outgoing person, vice shy. I'm outgoing. You're outgoing. So I often, you know, think, well, gosh, you know, everyone that's going to be a successful designer is like me and outgoing. Absolutely not true. I've worked with a lot of designers who are introverts and they don't like to go out there and, um, you know, meet everyone and shake everyone's hand. And that's okay. But there's just different business models that mm-hmm. you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is organization. <laughs> I am not an organized person at all. Um, you're actually pretty organized. I thought I was when she started working here and I can't find my papers. I typically am like kind of OCD, but then I'm like, how could I not have put this paper in this file? All the other papers are here, but the main one. Or how did you go back to the house four times to measure, but we can't find. Well, that's because of the installer. But yes, kind of. Always comes down to you. Anyways, organization is a big one, but, but there are things that I found, you know, to uh, systems that I put in place and files that I create and checklists and, um, you know, all these forms that I create for the course, it's all because I'm not an organized person. And I realize that a lot of designers aren't 
very organized. You know, mm-hmm. if we've got ADD and we're creative types, usually that correlates with lack of organization. Um, but organization is one of the most important things you need as a designer because you've got a million moving parts. Another one that kind of goes along with being outgoing and shy is do you want to work with a team or are you a lone wolf? <laughs> you just want to work by yourself. Um, you know, it. if you want to be by yourself, that's fine, but you're not going to really want to work on big remodels, right? Yeah. You might just do consultation. You might do, you know, space planning or, um, you know, more when I talk about selling packages to a client where it's kind of the roadmap for how their room can be done. Um, you know, it's just you and a client creating a design and working through it, but, but it doesn't involve a lot of other people. Yeah. That's really good because just being around other people and myself and how I am with different clients, I think this topic is really like refreshing to let go of um, standards or expectations that I might think I have for myself or others. But, oh, I have a personality type. This makes sense. This thing. Exactly. Oh, this is really good. (laughs) Like, oh, I should take notes. (laughs) Um, Time management is critical in design because you have, you know, so many different pieces you're ordering, so many different contractors or installers you're working with, the different clients, the, the appointments you have to make, even laying out a design project as a schedule. Um, that's something that if you struggle with that, there there are ways to fix it, right? But that's going to determine the kind of business that you should be in. Um, another one is patience. Patience is not everyone's strong point. You're actually pretty patient. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes, really. Maybe just not with my husband. There you go. But with design clients, you are. Oh, okay. okay. What most new designers don't realize is a small project, bare minimum, if you're ordering anything, you're going to be there for two months. You're working with this person for two months. That's a long time. So custom ordering, gosh, now we're finding all of our competitors are are quoting 16 to 18 weeks. Could you imagine 18 weeks to, you pay some, you know, $10,000 for something and then, oh yeah, you'll get it in 18 weeks. I complained if my Amazon Prime thing isn't like next day (laughs) delivery, if I have to wait till next Thursday, I'm throwing a tantrum. So if you're going to, you know, if you have no patience, you might not want to be in the custom ordering mm-hmm. world of design, right? So that's what I mean. You you do have patience. Oh, um, thank you. And communication skills. That's the other biggie. I I talk a lot. That does not mean that I'm a great communicator. There's a big difference. Um, making sure that you're emailing people, making sure that you're following through with your customers, all of that kind of stuff is is part of communication. And another part of communication, which is why I had that kind of a fallout yesterday was I thought that this person who it's his job to do a specific thing, I thought he knew what I was thinking because this is what's new, but I didn't realize that just because it makes sense in my head and I see it, that I have to truly verbally down to the T to the measurement, um, write everything out to each installer because we're not on the same page. Even though in my head, I'm like, yeah, you know, just this and that. Like everyone does it. Yeah. So no. Okay. No. Yeah. Post the picture right now while we're thinking about it on Instagram. So go to um, the Design for a Living. Do you have access to that? Anyways, mm-hmm. okay. Design for a Living. She'll post a picture of the window treatment she's talking about, and we had hired a drapery installer, so she's okay with working with the team <laughs> to go out um, and to measure. Well, he measured the windows, but she wanted the drapes to go higher. <laughs> So when he got there, he said, well, it, you said the drapes are 108 inches long. The top of the windows is 109 inches long. I about crapped my pants. I was so pissed. 
I was fuming. Yeah. Well, they look beautiful though. So she'll yeah. post the picture. If you guys want to go to the Design for a Living Instagram, uh, you can see the picture because they are beautiful and the customer's happy. And uh, But there were a lot of those wide-eyed, everyone was looking at me like, what do we do? I'm like, you guys measured. I wasn't even here. That might have been the problem. But you're doing great. And they turned out beautiful. Yeah, they, they but, did. But my communication, I, I've learned on that forever. <laughs> yes, exactly. Draw the picture. Drawing a picture is part of the communication. That's why it's part of my window treatment form. I have a big blank square in the middle where it's just a line sketch drawing so that when you're talking to your drapery installer and measurer, you're talking about the same thing. You know, I want these to go to the ceiling. So you draw just a little line that means the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Not Don't show me where the top of the window is. Give me the, the length my drapes should be. But that picture is a way to communicate. So that's another one of those things. Um, so I want to go through some of the different types of businesses that you can start. I think we've touched on this a little bit before, uh, but talking about specific designers <laughs> that I have worked with, um, there was one designer in um, California and her name was Tara too. And if you're listening, miss you. She's mm-hmm. so fantastic. Um, but she was very OCD type A. She is the most organized person I've ever met. And if you didn't fall into line with her organization, she got really mad. <laughs> she did not accept, um, you know, anyone that messed up her system or I told you this was, you know, this, I told you this was supposed to be, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Um, but because of it, you know, our, our installers were intimidated by her and um, she's just very intense, beautiful designer. Her clients loved her, but she learned that, she worked better with more of a professional type client. She worked better with, um, she did not work well with someone who was, you know, didn't make decisions quickly and, um, you know, was kind of flaky and would change her schedule. And she liked things organized on time. This is our, our system. This is what we do. She had the best install kit. <laughs> we made these little um, um, tool bags that had, and she, it was amazing. She thought of everything, super glue and felt pads and, you know, touch up sticks, but it went on and on. I mean, she was just amazing. Our Tara? No, 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 no. That's why she was Tara two. We had Tara one, Tara two. Mm. Tara one is a different, that's another archetype I'll tell you about. But so for her marketing to people that were more professional types, that was great. She was really good at working with builders and, um, you know, realtors, brokers, people that would, you know, were also very professional. And she created a you know, fantastic design business. Um, but she knew that about her and she had to create that business. Tara One, on the other hand, and I know she won't listen because I always tell her to. Tara One, on the other hand, <laughs> incredible designer, beautiful work, uh, but she doesn't like to work with customers anymore. She's over it. Right. She she just wants to go in and give her ideas and they either take it or leave it. And that's she's not going to coddle people because she doesn't have the patience at all. She doesn't have the patience to do that. So she's actually working with Nadia now. Nadia is doing the hours and hours of searching for the specific piece and um, doing the paperwork and the pricing and the shipping and all of that kind of stuff. Tara doesn't have the patience. She doesn't you know, she doesn't want to work with a big team right now. She just wants to go and give her ideas, get paid for it. And, and she's good enough that she can do that. 
Mm-hmm. So she's essentially more of a consultation. And then she's passing off that organizational time management stuff to us. Um, and, and it's going great, you know, right now. Um, another personality type is someone who is kind of, um, we always use the term woo-woo, <laughs> but is into, heard of that. Yeah, into, more into like spirituality, like um, chi and your, you know, astrology and energy and, um, but very creative, incredibly talented when it comes to creativity, more like an artist. They need to focus on that. If you tried to put that designer with a type A professional couple that's a business, you know, they want everything checklist and, you know, you have to call back on time and you have, those would not mix. Mm -hmm. You're going to fail. Yeah. As a designer. So if you are that person, I've helped um, designers where their business is is creating uh, meditation spaces for people or I'm um, just doing feng shui or um, I, cool. I still think the eat, pray, love idea where you create sort of that Bali <laughs> inside someone's house where it's a space that reflects their soul, their personality, where they find peace and restfulness. And um, But that's awesome because if someone wanted that and came to me, I wouldn't know how to tackle that. Exactly. That's just not my thing. Exactly. So that actually could be a really big business. Exactly. Like that's probably huge in California. Oh, yeah. Well, really, it Colorado. I mean, anywhere. Yeah, really, Arizona. But but it because there's enough clients out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, there's different types of clients too. So that is the main the, the main thing. You you take your personality strengths, and you marry it with your ideal client. And we talk about that a lot. Finding your ideal clients. But the easy thing is you now know who to market to. Mm-hmm. You now know what your packages could look like. You now know what your your messaging should be. All of that based on your personality types. Designers are not all the same. We are not cookie cutter. We are creative types. I mean, if you're not creative, well, th- that's another personality type. Actually, that was that was one more on the list because that's me. I'm not, I'm, I always say this, but um, I don't think of myself as creative in the design world. If you give me a blank room, I'll make a pretty room but I'm always worried about, well, but what do you like? Well, what should it look like? What do you want it to look like? <laughs> I'm not I'm not excited to go into a blank room and create some masterpiece that then everyone comes and let now Nadia, this is mm-hmm. Nadia, right? Nadia's ideal client. And as she's moving oh, yeah. and starting her business, <laughs> we can put systems into place for organization, for time management as your forms mm-hmm. and your checklists. But you want to have people that listen to you and your creativity. You want people to appreciate your design talent. <clears throat> because you have a, a brilliant design eye. You really do. I think um, you. But you, you want, you get frustrated if people don't have your vision or, or um, your taste. Like if you can't convince them to add a little glam or a little... Um, you know, elegance, or you like that side of it. If if I came to you and said, we have someone that wants a rustic cabin, <laughs> totally Western-themed, you would have a hard time with I would that. I still put my spin on it. Well, sure, but... Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. But so when you're marketing, when you're creating this business, you need to talk about, um, you know, 
creating, you know, beautiful, luxurious environments. Elevated. Elevated, elegant. I mean, those are words you're going to use. All of your marketing, your website should reflect that. Then you'll draw the people that you work best with, right? Me, on the other hand, I like people who know what they want, who know what style they want. They just don't know how to put it together. I mean, I can make a beautiful room, but tell me what style you want, right? Tell Mm -hmm. me, you know, what are the functions? Do you need privacy? Do you need, you know, durability for kids? Do you need more seating for, give me, you know, I have this list of things that I have to ask. And then I want to please you. (laughs) I want to create that space for you. And I'll put it together, you know, well, balance and scale things we talked about before. Um, I think it was last week's podcast or the one before. Yes. yes. So yeah, if you want to go learn about what makes a designer successful, um, listen to that because that was a really good one. Mm -hmm. I can take all of those design elements and create an amazing space that the client loves, but the next person, the neighbor might not like it. Yeah. And the really good thing, um, like listening to you talk about this right now, um, it's really good to know this about yourself and to identify it um, and to really establish that because every single client is different. Uh-huh. And so sometimes I see myself kind of emotionally getting like swayed and just like tired because everyone is different, but I need to be the constant one. Uh-huh. And to even if, like you said, I have clients here that are totally not my style, but at least I know who I am and how I can kind of insert that if need be. But if I was totally all over the place, not knowing plus the difference of each client, it would be a disaster because this Mm -hmm. is a very emotional field and you have to be strong for each client, for each style type. So I think this is really good to tap into because even as I'm moving, I'm kind of going back to finding my identity as a a designer because working here, um, I'm really good at the system. I love the system that you have in place. So I'm kind of annoyed that I have to go start at a whole different (laughs) system that's just not me in terms of like pivoting. But I'm going back to the basics of like, what do I want? Like, who do I want to be? What is my style? So even as you're talking right now, I'm kind of like low key, like going over myself. You but know? the funny thing is that that's all in, that's all what I coach. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You're talking about the store environment vice independent designer, which again is night and day. Mm-hmm. Here, you're expected to help every customer that walks the door. So whether they want Western or, you know, high modern, you have to conform to that. Where when you're independent and you're starting your own business, you have the luxury of choosing. And so that's kind of an activity that I would encourage. You know, if you're starting out before you do anything, sit down and really have some brainstorms. You know, write down, you know, what are your strengths that you're really proud of? What are things that you really do bring to the table? Why why did you want to be a designer in the first place? What do you think you can you can do for people that will help them, that will make you successful? And on the flip side, you got to be honest. Do you not call people back all the time? Do you lose little scraps of paper? You know, is your desk a disaster and you can't find anything? Are you always late? I mean, all of those things, write them down. Just be really honest with yourself. And then on the flip side, I would say, write a really honest list of, if you could describe your ideal client, like if it was, and I know who yours is, right? Mm -hmm. But if it was just perfect textbook. I got two now. Yeah, these are your (laughs) ideal clients. But then write down who would be your nightmare client. What does that person look like? What would you never want to work with? I got one of those too. Yeah. And and really, doesn't matter what kind of business you've started or what your business model looks like, 
But remember those things on that list and don't settle. You don't have to settle for the, for the clients you don't want. That's part of the reason I don't charge for the first house call. I need to get in there. I need to see who are they? What do they want? What is their style? What is, and is this, is this going to be more of a headache to me? You know, who is the customer that you don't want to work with? And you don't, you know, no one else will know this list but you. But that way you go into the first house call and if it's not really your style, you could pass it off to a designer that you know would would do that. Um, you can make an excuse. Um, you could charge so much that they don't want to hire you. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of different ways because you never want to tell a client, no, I don't think we're a good fit. Like that bluntly. There, there are ways to kind of back out, but you don't have to work with everyone. I don't want new, new, you know, designers out there to feel you get desperate at the beginning. Like you're so excited to get a project that you'll end up taking the wrong projects and you'll end up looking like an idiot. You'll be miserable. The clients will be miserable and it will do more damage to your reputation. So there's always, you could be so busy maybe that, you know, if someone has you come in and say, well, I'm actually really booked up for about three months now. (laughs) I mean, there, there are tactful ways to get around it, but knowing who you want to work with and what you'd be really good at that's that's who you have to go after. And you'll build a clientele. There are, again, there's, everyone wants a designer, everyone. If you ask, you know, anyone on the street, would you love to have help designing your house and making it beautiful? I, you know, everyone's going to say, yeah, oh my gosh, I'd love to have help. Well, there's enough business out there. You don't have to take the bad clients. And, you know, and bad is a, again, it's a relative term. But But knowing who you want to go after then your brand should reflect that. Your messaging should reflect that. You know, the whole business you're creating should reflect. So that's, you know, honestly, with the course, with the blogs, with podcasts, everything, I always start with that. You know, who are you? Who do you want to be as a designer? What does that look like for you? What does your business look like? And then focus on it. Really, you know, at night, Nadia, this is a, a good uh, exercise for everyone. God. But, you know, when you're going to sleep at night, just close your eyes and picture that perfect client, picture that perfect house, picture that that relationship and the project and how smoothly it goes. You know, whether it's artsy fartsy or if it's, you know, this business type, but but start to imagine that. And and it really does. It just it keeps you focused, right? It sort of ingrains it into your brain. And that's the business you'll create. And that's how you're gonna get successful. And I also think um, like for me, I've had hard clients, nightmare clients. And I've had two phenomenal dream clients. So now I definitely know what it is I want, who I want to work for. And that ideal client, in short, was just, they're very simple. They're very easy to work with. They trust me. They understand that when our treatments are separate, they understand that shipping or not shipping, delivery, all these different Uh things. They're not giving me a hard time. And in terms of design, they just say, we want like cozy here, the colors. This is what we're wanting. Well, but we want your touch. Yeah, we trust you. Yeah, and that's that's what I want. What's hard for me are clients that... They ask for your design service after you've kind of touched what kind of feelings do you want? You kind of go over the basics and you give them a design and they still keep coming back because they're a shopper. And that's mm-hmm. what I absolutely do not want because I feel like for me, it's so disrespectful to my job as the artist of creating a room for you. And they're going, no, this is like, well, I'm not a personal shopper for you. That's a different kind of, um, uh, what is it called? A whole different business model. Yeah, different business model. So like for me mm-hmm. personally, that just like, I can't. 
Exactly. And I've learned that. So that's, that's what I know. And it's not even about someone who has a ton of money or this or that. It's just someone who understands the process yeah. and who's willing to learn. And who, if this isn't, this isn't me, that's fine. I can pivot. No problem. It's just that really low, like awesome, like personality wise of understanding. Cause some clients are not like that. <laughs> exactly. Now, you know what I think we should talk about on next week's podcast? Let me write it down. <laughs> um, the fact that you've worked here now, COVID's been a whole nother, you know, we've been closed down for part of the year, but in almost two years of working with you, you've had two ideal clients. Mm -hmm. That's surprising. I know you said that it happened once in a 10 years. So I was like, oh my God. Yeah. No, well, no, I, I'm surprised that you only had two, oh. but I think, um, I think maybe next week we talk about the different types of clients and how some of them you could turn into your ideal client with the right communication or with the right, um, you know, conversations that you have or the right, you know, it, it just depends. Um, maybe some people are just afraid, you know, people that you thought, oh, they're just not really interested. They're not ready for a designer. They were, they might be intimidated by something or they might be scared or they might be, but how to take a client that you get along with personality wise and you think, but they didn't become your favorite client. How do you make them your favorite client? They're, that's what I'm good at. So <laughs> I think next week, that's what we should talk yeah. about. Because I, you should have, being here for two years and as many people as you've met, you should have 20 favorite clients. Well, maybe 10, maybe 10. But I think that maybe, so maybe there were opportunities that were missed because, but I, also I'll teach you some tricks next week. Like how to kind of pull out what you need from a client, they've never worked with a designer before. Yeah. So they I think just some of the early ones, I was too young and fresh to understand this different dynamics. Yeah. And kind of even how to weed them out. And like I said, to have that approach, because each client is different. And yes, we'll yes. talk about that next But week. on the flip side, rather than weeding them out, how to take ones that you could have really um, engaged with differently to to create this ideal client, right? To foster, to, to, to grow and encourage them. We'll, we'll go over my because, client next week and you'll dissect it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that that is, again, one of my specialties. You know, I started in a store like this and when someone would come in um, and, the, you know, no, I'm just looking. No, no, no. And he's like, okay, all right. By the end of the day or, you know, the end of the 20 minutes they were in the store, we were best friends and they were totally on board. But it's just little things that, um, you know, helping people let down their guard, you know, letting down those walls that we we put up because you know think about it well you see you and i are so different but if <laughs> if believe it or not i get very shy um and i don't want to talk to salespeople. i am a salesperson but i don't want to talk to salespeople. you run up to people in the I grocery store no but they're not salespeople. okay they're people Salespeople, <laughs> different we don't know <laughs> <laughs> so um you know if i was to walk into a store even if i needed Window treatments. Even if I needed a new sofa, if I walked into the store Makeup. and I wasn't a designer, I yeah, I would say, no, 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 I'm good. Nope, just looking. Because I don't want to sort of let go of a little personal information. I don't want to open up to someone. So anyways, we'll, we'll save that for next week. Um, but, you know, you see how all of this, it, you know, it kills me when people think of wanting to become a designer and think, well, it's just school or not school. That's yeah, not no what makes a good designer. Mm -hmm. It. There's so much more to it 
that, you know, if you've gone to design school, you got to listen to these things because this is what will make you successful, right? These are the things that are the real life, um, real experience stuff that, that makes or breaks a designer. That's what mm-hmm. I hope to teach. That's what I hope to yeah. share. Because I, I don't want, I, I've just heard too many horror stories of designers who end up quitting because they just didn't have this part right. Yeah. yeah. You know, they had brilliant taste and style and design ability, but they didn't have the other stuff right. And that's why they failed. And they, they probably never knew why they failed. But I think that's also because no one teaches on that. I know. Even last night, I was just thinking of someone that I'm moving to Boise and I know that they have like an aunt who's a designer but I was like thinking about it. Well, did they really pass on to her? Not just, I'm sure, I'm sure just the design, you know, aesthetics or like the client, but what about like the basics or yeah. certain things or about personalities? And, and I'm kind of looking at her little like business that's not really interior design. I think it's like staging, but just I'm looking at it and it's like, it, I don't know, like, and then I kind of remembered our relationship and how much you've poured into me. And I'm like, man, I'm so thankful I met you because again, she has a designer that yeah. she was looking up to an interior designer with a little store as well. But it's different in the dynamic. So I'm really yeah. thankful to have met you and to have your course. Because even like I said, I'm still freaking out with the move. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got to go back and look at this and reread that. It has been two years. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm for it. sure retaking all of it and the whole shebang. Good. I'll make her type the workbook. Okay. Anyways. That's all, yes, yes. I hope I learned uh, that you learned something from here. And I, I'm hoping that um, you take little nuggets of information away. Um, because what it, you teach is precious. And so... It's really good. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your life with us. Of course. Thank you. You're welcome. I love it. This this part I like. I like to teach. I'm a giver. That's why I'm her favorite. <laughs> Happy designing, everyone. Thanks Happy for designing. listening. Thank you. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and house at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.